0: You may know that on Saturdays, I enjoy taking you back to seminary with me in our Explaining the Faith series, and I go often back to my seminary notes, and I remember learning so much at Holy Apostles. I was also at Dominican House in D.C., but I remember vividly being in Christology class. This is a class in the study of Jesus Christ, true God and true man. And I remember the teacher, Dr. Frola, and he made the statement that Jesus Christ was not a human person. And the first thing I wanted to yell was heretic. <laughs> well, ended up being not only was he correct, but Dr. Frula ended up being one of the best instructors that... I ever had in seminary. He was amazing. And what I learned in that class, I'd like to share a little bit with you because it ties to our feast today. Now, you could trick anybody by saying, was Jesus Christ a human person? 99.99%, probably less the theologians, would say yes. Actually, no. Jesus Christ was a divine person with two natures. That's the definition in the catechism. Now, how is this that we come to call Mary the mother of God? Well, all Protestant fathers accepted this, Martin Luther, Calvin, Zwingli. Jesus though, as I said, is a divine person with a human nature. He has two natures, human and divine. So for all eternity, the second person of the Trinity was one person, who had a divine nature, a divine person who had a divine nature for all eternity. So you have the Trinity, three persons. We don't have three gods, but one God in three persons. And so the three persons are God the Father, the person, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, and the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. So for all eternity, the second person, was just that, divine. And he had a divine nature. Now, at the incarnation, this divine person came to earth born of a woman, and that one divine person who had a divine nature assumed a human nature. That's called the hypostatic union. And so, The person of Jesus Christ is the divine person who had a divine nature, the second person of the Trinity, born of a woman and now assumes a human nature. So Jesus Christ is one person with two natures. So don't say I didn't say Jesus Christ wasn't human. He is, of course, fully God and fully human in his nature. But do you give birth to a nature or a person? You give birth a woman, a mother, the definition of a mother is you give birth to a person, not a nature. So Mary gave birth to that one person who came to earth already with the divine nature and now assumes a human nature, who he got from Mary. And we have Jesus Christ. So Mary gave birth to a person, and that person was human or divine. That person was divine. He had a divine nature, and he assumed a human nature, so he's fully God, fully man, but he—she gave birth to a divine person. With a human nature and a divine nature, that's why Mary giving birth to one person, she didn't give birth to two persons. If Jesus was two persons, a human person and a divine person, you'd have four persons in the Trinity. You'd have God the Father, one person, Jesus, the divine person, a second, then Jesus, the human person, a third, and then the Holy Spirit, the fourth person. That's not true. So Mary gave birth to the divine person who had a human and divine nature, fully God, fully man. But that's why we call Mary the mother of God. She didn't give birth to anything less than the divine person, the second person of the Trinity who then assumed a human nature. doesn't mean she created him. Of course not. So, His divine personhood assumed a human nature, and that's the definition of a mother, a woman who gives her offspring a nature identical to her own. Did you know that? Did you know that's the definition of a mother? A mother is a woman who gives her offspring a nature identical to her own, or in the case of animals, an animal who gives, but here a woman, a mother, gives her offspring a nature identical to her own. So Mary did not give birth merely to a human nature, but to a person, and this person was divine. Therefore, we can call Mary the mother of God. Now, how can Mary be God's mother? Because God assumed a human nature and was to be born of a woman. Now, who was Jesus? Jesus is the mercy of the Father incarnate. Misericordia voltus, the face of the Father's mercy. If somehow you could capture the mercy of God the Father, if you could somehow manifest it, make it known to us, you have the incarnation. And on the image of divine mercy, if Brother Mark can zoom in on the image of divine mercy, this is what the image is. When you gaze into the image of divine mercy, you're looking at... Jesus, the divine mercy, the person. As Father Seraphim used to always teach me, the Feast of Divine Mercy is not about the attribute of mercy of God, but of Jesus, the divine mercy, the person. The person, mercy incarnate, that's why we capitalize the the, Jesus, the Divine Mercy is capitalized. And so, this is amazing. Because when you look at Jesus, the divine mercy, he's mercy incarnate. You're looking at Jesus, the person, mercy itself. And Mary is the mother. Therefore we call Mary the mother of mercy. This is incredible. Mary is the mother of Jesus and Jesus is the divine mercy. So she is the mother of mercy. You know, this feast comes from Mary being called the Mother of Mercy. Um, The Mother of Mercy goes back to the 900s, the title. And to come to our aid of those in need is the essence of mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is coming to the aid of those in need. And so that's what Jesus, the divine mercy, does for us. So Dr. Stackpole said, Mary is, quote, the Mother of Mercy... Because from heaven, she continues to come to our aid. By her tender tender intercession for us, she looks after our needs and matures and, I'm sorry, and nurtures the Christ-like life within us from now until the hour of our death. You know, I had the privilege and honor of learning from Father Seraphim and from Father Kaz, and... The amazing reason I'm a Marian, I didn't even know why I was becoming a Marian, even though God led me here, it's very clear. Um, I wanted to be a father of mercy and I wanted to be, a, or an EWTN friar. And God closed those doors. He didn't just close them, he slammed them shut. And yet the door to the Marian Fathers kept opening wider and wider. And then once I got here, I realized what it was, is because this community, unlike any other in the world, is best given the task by the church to spread the two spiritual weapons. Mary, we bear her title. We're the first men's community in the world to bear the title of the Immaculate Conception, and divine mercy. We've been entrusted by the church to spread divine mercy. So you, as a Marian helper, you are sharing in that charism. And God has called you as a Marian helper to share in the Marian mission of bringing Mary and divine mercy to the world. The two spiritual weapons and no other community brings them together like the Marian fathers, none. And that's why you're a Marian helper. So I wanna finish what Father Kaz shared with me this morning about our history. Well, this is beautiful. Okay, so the Marian Fathers were founded in Poland in 1670. Now, as we developed and grew, our renovator, Blessed George, brought the Marians to the United States in 1913. And that was a man by the name of Blessed George Maculaitis. He was Lithuanian. And he began the presence of the Marian Fathers in America. They formed under him with a lot of Lithuanians. Uh, and it was based, they named the province the St. Casimir province. Now, Father uh, Kaz educated me this morning on just who St. Casmir was. He was in line for the Polish throne. He was a Polish prince. And he was in line for the king. And he denied it. Gave it up rather for a life of, of penance um, an austere way of life, an aesthetic focus um, on, on, on his faith, but most of all, his focus on Mary and the Eucharist. And what is the Eucharist? Divine mercy. So this, this province of Lithuanians was called St. Casmir, after a saint, young, died young, who was... Focus on Mary and divine mercy. Then later in 1948, there was a Polish presence in the United States and we formed the St. Stanislaus Koska province. Now, who was St. Stanislaus Koska? He was a Jewish nov- a Jesuit, sorry, Jesuit novice. And he died at 18. And we took his name as our province because he was focused on Mary and the Eucharist, divine mercy. Now, in 2006, these two provinces merged. I was just a novice. I came here, and as a novice, I'm w- witnessing history. And our two provinces are St. Casmir, the Lithuanian province, and our St. Stanislaus province, more of our Polish province, merged together under the name Our Lady Mother of Mercy. So we are now, and Father Kaz has been provincial superior, we owe him a huge thanks for over 11 years, and I'm just stepping in as an interim for a short period of time, but the two of us have had the honor of being provincial superior of the Mother of Mercy province. And I finish by saying, where does that title come from? Well, we showed you this picture or this icon. And again, I, I'm not sure if Brother Mark can zoom, zoom in on it, but you can see the Mother of Mercy icon. And you may, we have it hanging right here in our shrine, but you may better know it as Our Lady of the Dawn Gate or Our Lady of Lithuania. Now the beautiful, part of this, and I finish here, is the very fact that—and Father Cash shared this with me this morning—that the importance of the Eastern Gate in Lithuania, because the city was encased with a wall, and it was on the Eastern Gate that enemies would always attack because the sun would be at their back. And so when the enemies would attack with the sun at their back, those trying to defend the city would be blinded. So the enemies would have an advantage by attacking in the morning, coming from the east, because you would be blinded. Now, the tradition in the church is our altars face east. East is significant. Why? Because the sun rising from the east. Who's the son? Jesus. He will rise from the east. So our altars face east. And then when we rise, the sun rising, that tradition has always held, but it also applies to Mary. So the Lithuanian city of Vilnius placed this image in the eastern door, the eastern gate. And they called it the Dawn Gate, because it was in the dawn that the sun would rise in the east and the enemies would come to attack. So to answer, to intercede, they asked for Mary's protection on that eastern gate. So we call her the Our Lady of the Dawn Gate. This is amazing, or Our Lady of Vilnius. And you know, or the Dawn Gate. So. What an incredible connection. And for me to be a part of this, I, I, I've said before, this is why I am a Marian of the Immaculate Conception. There are no two more important, powerful things than Mary and divine mercy. In fact, so powerful that when mankind fell and the account of it is given in Genesis, in Genesis three fifteen, God the Father, reacted to our sin immediately. He didn't condemn us to death, but rather did two things. What did God the Father do in the garden immediately upon our sin? The promise of a savior and the gift of a mother. Right there, Genesis three fifteen. The promise of the savior is Jesus. The gift is his mother. The promise is Jesus, the divine mercy, the incarnate Son of God, who brought mercy to the world, and Mary is his mother. Therefore, you will probably not hear any other homilies or church celebrations today that celebrate Mary, the mother of mercy. Maybe again in a Lithuanian parish, praise be to God. But here you can know what God is doing with the Marian Fathers. We are to bring this message to the world, and for me to follow in the footsteps of Father Pell Pelchinski, who started the Marian Association of Marian Helpers, to follow in the footsteps of Father George who brought divine mercy to America, to follow in the footsteps of Father Seraphim, whose accomplishments go beyond what you can imagine, and to follow in the footsteps of Father Kaz, a true, humble and man of God, How could a priest ask for anything more? So we ask you to join us today in celebrating Mary, the Mother of Mercy.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org.